Welcome to Leader to Leader with Pastor John Bailey. Uh, we are excited. This is week two with Evan Wilkerson. Uh, we are so thrilled to have him. He is uh, the young adult leader, next-gen uh, minister here at World Challenge. And as we stated last week, talked a little bit about him being the grandson of uh, David Wilkerson and the son of Gary Wilkerson. And and listen, I, and I love the fact that, you know, knowing Gary uh, Wilkerson and yourself, just your relationship with your dad, uh, it's just so inviting. He's not trying to get you to be him or his dad. Just be the best Evan you can be. And it really is amazing to just work with you and see the great things that the Lord is doing in your life. And and so this uh, couple of weeks here, we're talking about engaging a woke generation with the truth of God's word. And how do you make a difference? How do you impact? Is what? Listen, we can sit around all the time and complain about the bad world that's out there and all the people that have all the bad beliefs. However, God is calling us to engage. And what does the Bible say? That it's a wise man who makes converts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So listen, if we're going to walk in wisdom, it's not just speaking to a generation, but it's helping a generation to be converted so that they can see the greatness and the power and the glory of Christ. Amen? Amen. So so today, I want to start off by asking a question. So we're talking about two things. One, we've got kids in the church that are growing in the church. How do we help them to find Christ? And then how do we engage with the world uh, that, that, that maybe even is apathetic or they don't care? So let's start with this question of, say a, a young person is in the church and they're struggling. What are some things that maybe we can uh, have maybe in the culture of the church that we're authentic enough to go, hey, take the mask off. You can really come in with your problems and we're willing to discuss them. So if you have a person that's dealing with, you know, some of the phrases of the day, the sexual identity or mm-hmm. gender, gender identity, and most of the time in the church, we just want to say it's bad and awful, which it is bad and sure. awful, but we still have to engage with it. Mm-hmm. We can't let people suffer in silence. It is actually when they begin to talk is the first step of finding freedom. So mm-hmm. what are some things that maybe we can say to leaders that are out there and we're saying, hey, if you really want to help to not just answer their questions, but help them to find a life in Christ, mm. what are some things that you might be able to help in your church or ministry to be able to address those things? I think a, an important starting point is to kind of examine how we tend to respond to a younger generation's mm. questions and their challenges and and really why they're apathetic to the faith in the first place. So mm. how are we responding and what's our reaction to somebody who's saying, I'm questioning the faith? Are we, do we have this impulse of judging them, telling them, well, the word says this, so believe it and and run with it. I love that just to just say this is the truth and and believe it, but it's not the best approach for a, a younger generation, yep. for students in middle school and high school and young adults. Um, these are real questions that they're having. You know, maybe maybe um, somebody in their their family had passed away, and they're wondering how God is really good if He would um, let their loved one just pass away early, and uh, they struggle with that. And mm-hmm. if if that doubt is left unchecked or unexpressed, I think is a better way to yeah. say it. Then it's going to eat at them. And, and and we know that's trouble, that's danger for their their faith. So uh, I I think prayerfully 
asking mm-hmm. the Lord, you know, how am I responding to these to these kids, these young people in the faith? Do I deride them when they say that they believe something that I think is funny or ridiculous? You know, um, some people have kind of jokingly said, like, my higher power is a doorknob. Like, that is kind of funny. But, you know, if you're a middle school. It's a reality, uh, though. (laughs) Right now it is kind of a reality. But if a young, if a middle school student says, you know, I believe in all religions. I believe in in all gods. And we kind of laugh at them and say, that's so stupid. And and here's what the word says. You know, we've just cut off all communication right. with them. They're not going to come to you again with mm-hmm. another question or saying, um, you know, you should really know better. I mean, I've taught you. I mean, maybe this is, this is more like within your own family. And, you know, uh, who am I to say like your parenting skills? But if you just say, you know, you should know better, I've taught you better, I think that's an approach that's going to cut down communication. They're not going to be as willing to express their doubt, express their um, their their struggle with you. And, and so when you are uh, opening up this place of dialogue, you're asking them questions. Okay, you believe that uh, your higher power is a doorknob. <laughs> Why do you think that? <laughs> uh, how did you come to that conclusion? Um, I think yeah, well, we're laughing for, about yeah, it, but yeah, I know <laughs> uh, we've probably seen you know even more ludicrous things. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's just, we're living in a generation where right is wrong and wrong is right, and mm-hmm. um, you know. So yes, yeah, we're so always one step away from that kind of um, those kind of answers. I think, yeah. uh, and so it could happen. And I'm just saying, you know, if we're about building up their faith, culture cultivating their faith and helping them uh, take ownership of what they really believe. Just make as many open passages to safe dialogue with them because you rather have them dialoguing with you than just to close down in front of you. And um, if I can just put this out there, two really great questions because we're about, you know, just answering, giving quick Mm -hmm. responses, hitting them with the truth and then moving on and saying that's enough. But ways to open them up about what they're believing and help them see the kind of assumptions that they're making about their belief is uh, why do you believe that or how did you come to that conclusion? Yep. And, and then that gets them talking. These aren't yes or no answers. You you want them to open up and then they, yep. they can start. They're smart kids. They'll start coming yeah. to their conclusions themselves with these two simple questions. You know, okay, that's interesting. Uh why do you think that? Why do you believe that? And how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. Hey, we, we've heard this for years. I mean, I've preached on it. I know other people that are watching right now have, have preached on this. But, you know, the greatest battle is the battle in the mind. Yeah. And absolutely. sometimes but we're talking to other believers about, you know, lust or, you know, difficulties or money or fame. So we talk about, hey, the battle's in your mind. But now we're looking at a generation they have other things that are in their mind, and it is their battle. And listen, I'm the first one, man. I, hey, I love altar calls, and I love seeing people come to altar calls. And I think I think that it's important to experience the presence of God. Yeah. But if they have a question that's tinkering in the back of their head, and they don't have the ability to ask that question and get answers, the enemy will take that question in their mind and will use it to undermine not just you know a question about sexual identity or whatever— the other issues yeah. may be, but then it will lead them to a place of going, well, this if this question I don't have the answer for, well, then is God real? 
is Jesus real? Did he really live? Did mm-hmm. he really die on the cross? And so the, this yeah. is what the enemy does is he takes those things and in the in the area of not having issues confronted, this battle in the mind can be overwhelming mm-hmm. to a 13, 14, 15-year-old. Listen, I'm, I'm 60 and, and I have to battle with my mind. Yeah. What is a 15-year-old? This, it just has everything that this world is pushing their way to believe in and to walk after and to mm-hmm. live like. And, then, and now we're going, well, hey, you're 15. You can handle it. <laughs> you know? yeah. But the church has to be there to answer those questions, mm-hmm. to be able to to take what the enemy does and, and the mind and be able to answer the questions. And once you can do that, it will solidify their faith. And you brought up a really good point. It's not just one thing that the enemy is twisting in truth. It's a multitude of things that's pervasive in our culture that they're seeing on their screens four hours yep. a day. It's everything. It's everything from what the family should look like, what sex should look like, what your identity should look like, and what truth is, What what if there is such a thing yeah. as truth. So it's pervasive across the board. And I think uh, if we can hit it on a, on a core, uh, the heart of some of the issues is um, we see trends of uh, – being feelings led instead of mm-hmm. facts led, you know. Yeah. So students are really pressing into all these voices that says uh, what you feel about yourself, that's your true identity. And and what you feel about yourself, that's what you should express in culture mm-hmm. and nobody else should be able to say otherwise. And so if I can just give like a core idea to um, maybe lay emphasis to Look into ways to answer that the generation's uh, um, method or or trend of uh, leaning into your feelings being the absolute truth, um, yeah. because you know obviously there's a lot of logical inconsistency with that idea. You, that whatever you feel, you know, today I feel like uh, a man, the next day yeah. I feel like a woman, and that's your identity. Um, but those those ideas have been. Uh, through the enemy, really uh, rooted in this culture. And that's some of the things I think that we need to uproot in order to meet their needs right now. Yeah, I mean, and you're, you're really hitting on that. I mean, the scripture says that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. So if you're trusting your feelings, your heart, mm-hmm. you know, how, how you think about things or how the culture does, you're always going to wind up in a difficult place. And this is the truth that what we try to do is we go, hey, I'm going to take my kids I'm going to make you go to church, you know, Sunday, Wednesday, if even that. You're going to be in church twice a week, and then you hope by them being in church twice a week that somehow that's going to counteract the 24-7 of all week long that they're bombarded with messages. Mm -hmm. And that's why, uh, and this is true of any culture, when, when churches make disciples, they multiply and they grow. Yeah. When churches don't make disciples, you can have good teaching, you can have a great potluck, you can do fun stuff, you can have a bouncy house. But if you're not making disciples, ultimately the enemy wins that battle because making disciples means you start with the authority of Christ, mm-hmm. with the blood of Jesus, with the power of God, and they know it and they see it. They see the truth in God's word. And that's what's going to counteract the 24-7 that you get. So mm-hmm. it means that we have to answer their questions in a way that's going to help them to grasp grasp truth. Yeah, I agree. And I think in being intentional about 
discipleship in a way where they're being educated. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're going to school eight hours a day. I liked what uh, Bodie Bauckham said once, <laughs> where he said, "If you give your kids to Caesar, don't be surprised if they turn out to be Romans." You know, so, <laughs> you know it's kind of this idea of like they are being educated in one way or another, and um, youth group on Wednesday night and Sunday school mm-hmm. on Sunday isn't going to cut it long term and and now there's there's ways to counteract that that's not just in the church i mean family devotions and and other things you know worship music in the car um there's creative ways you know going to a movie and then kind of dissecting that movie in a biblical worldview there's there's a plethora of creative ideas where yeah. you can um start to speak into your kids lives a a biblical lens seeing seeing world through the lens of of faith but I think there's also really a place to just have education on uh, maybe the creed, catechism, all these kinds of things where they're they're really wrestling with deep theological issues. Uh, yeah. I had one Christian professor where he's going over uh, all of the, the catechisms with his middle school students. Um, and this is just a helpful fact, too, for how kids learn. You know, a lot of people already know this, but up from like elementary to middle school, they're all about the what and, you know, what are the facts? And then middle school through high school is why, you know, why. And so you can even educate students based on how their minds work in that developmental process. Uh, Elementary to middle school, you're just telling them the the facts, you know, you're educating them on the catechism, the creed, Bible memorization and, and worship. And then after high school or after middle school and high school, you're going through the why. Now you're looking more into maybe apologetics and deeper theolo- uh, theology. You're you're having Q and A. You're doing discussions and maybe a debate. And it's okay because the, in the home, in the church, is the place to do that to help build yeah. their faith. I heard one um, researcher say that first, second, and third century, the church would go over 140 to 150 hours of catechism as new believers because they knew— Which catechism, good Bible teaching, solid foundational exactly. Bible teaching. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. That's all I mean by it is yeah. that there's these— um, the, the theologies, the doctrines mm-hmm. that uh, the church has studied and looked at in depth and yeah. and their facts based on a biblical reality. Yeah. And as new believers, these these uh, believers were going through 140, 150 hours yeah. uh, of being educated. You know, yeah. high school students, they're, they're getting educated in calculus. I think we can um, challenge them just a little bit more if we expect them to be disciples and really follow Jesus. Yeah, and I'll tell you, when you're, when you're talking, this is what's rolling through my mind of how important it is as parents, pastors, leaders, uh, even for, for us as pastors, to, to, to see to it that the parents of those kids are walking with God. Yeah. Because it's not just, a, yeah. you know, let me take five minutes and talk to you about a biblical thing. It is a life. It's what they see Monday to Sunday, yeah. And it's and it's and it's not just going. Okay, we're going to sit down and have a Bible study. That is part of it. It is great to go through the biblical teachings, but when they see parents and leaders and pastors, and you have this environment, this God's word, knowing God's word, knowing mm-hmm. the power of God's word, walking through difficulty and letting Jesus uh, bring life and strength. It is in that environment yeah. that you then now you go to a young person. That environment they're going to grow really well. 
Mm-hmm. Which leads me to this. So here's here's the next thought that I have for you. So um, so I, I have a I'm a parent or a grandparent, uh, or maybe I have a friend, and I'm and I have this this young person that goes to church, um, or maybe I'm trying to you know get them to like church a little bit more, but they're very apathetic. And we can all say this, you know, listen, we work with ministries and we've seen this happen in our own, I, I certainly have in my own church, where, you know, kids are on fire. Young people are loving God. They're going to their schools and they're sharing their faith. But then we also find young people that are very apathetic. And we have to have the attitude that we're not just going to be satisfied that half the kids in the church are on fire and half are apathetic. Yeah. Hey, I think Jesus loves the ones on fire and he loves the apathetic exactly. ones. So so, so person out here is watching and they go, I got a kid, I got a grandkid, they don't care. Mm. Take them to church every week, they just don't care. Mm-hmm. What are some things that maybe we can talk about to maybe help? And you go, I've got an apathetic young person that could care less about God, Jesus, mm-hmm. church. What, what, how do you approach that? Yeah, I think taking one is taking taking them out of their normal environment where mm-hmm. they are used to the the faith, you know. So the church um, or or their home that maybe maybe they're just bored of of church service. So take them to you know a missions rescue center like a, a homeless shelter and start. Praying for people, see Man, see people who now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. God. See see what people are really struggling with, and how some people don't have homes, they don't have food, and there's a desperate need there. Mm-hmm. Does Christian uh, does Christianity have anything to offer these people? You know, mm-hmm. we can we can preach Jesus to these people, and we can serve food to them, we can pray for them, we can put a smile on their faith, mm-hmm. uh, face, and I think um, little things like that that exposes them to a, a broader side of Christianity, they can start to experience how real and um, uh, experiential faith can be because that's what we want too. We don't want it just all facts. We don't yeah. want it just all education. You know, there is a real life practical day in, day out experience of, of Christian faith that as it should be. And so maybe going to homeless shelters, maybe um, uh, going to a college campus. That's what I like to yeah. do. I'm all about that for the purpose of this, because then you start to hear what other uh, other people mm-hmm. believe. And um, if you are a Christian, your heart starts to to break for them, honestly. I mean, uh, they have these thoughts and I- ideas about how the world is, and, and your heart starts to break that they don't know Jesus. And I think— yeah. um, as a young believer, it's important to see um, real life struggles, but then also see the power of God meet these people where they're at. So even do like a, an evangelistic outreach, you know, buy buy some food, um, go to a street corner, hand out food, yeah. uh, start praying for people. Uh, and ask in ways that we can help our community. Because I think at the end of the day, um, students really want something that's real anyway. So why not bring Christian context to that that reality? That is, listen, this is so good. And I hope if you're watching or listening that you're you, really, you're, you're, you're grasping some Getting of this it. because we're talking about have a, an environment where people can ask questions, be very relational with this generation, because this generation is all about, hey, don't don't just stand at a pulpit and um, pontificate truth. 
actually sit down face-to-face, answer the questions, whether that's you as a pastor or you develop a culture in your church that that becomes the atmosphere. Uh, Hey, the judgmental part, hey, just stop it. Just love people Mm -hmm. and reach people and disciple people. We we work with a church. uh, Literally, one of their worship leaders was in a gay alternative lifestyle uh, came to know the Lord, is walking with God. Mm. And now the, the, through discipleship and being in God's presence yeah. and having an experience with the Lord has radically changed that individual's life. And and now we're talking about, hey, if your kid is sitting there and they're bored, I want to yeah. tell you, if your Christian life is boring, you are living it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. If everything is about you and everything is about just, you know, easy peasy in life, that is not the Christianity in the Bible. Christianity yeah. in the Bible is you're going to the gates of hell, yeah. right? <laughs> and those gates won't stand against you because we're, we're not just in this defensive posture but when you start to engage, go on a missions mm-hmm. trip. Go, go to a place where people are in need. See God working in the hearts and lives of people that are broken. And and when 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 young people can see God doing those things in a real way, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now we're not just talking about a, a podcast argument or listening to something on you know, the woke generation, now you are seeing living testimonies and they overcame through the blood Mm -hmm. of the lamb, Mm -hmm. the word of the testimony, and you're seeing it happen in action. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so Mm -hmm. good, Evan. Now, now you're seeing young people that are stepping out and seeing the power of God at work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we've heard, you know, of students who go on missions trips and they Mm -hmm. come back, changed people and, I'm saying too, we can even just go across the street and pray for your your neighbor friend who Absolutely. you know that they're not saved. There's nothing boring about going over to your neighbor and asking to to have a cup of coffee and share how Jesus has changed your life. Yeah. That you know, a lot of times it can be nerve-wracking, but it's not boring. Those yeah. situations where you're forced to well, you're forced to have faith. You're mm-hmm. you're forced to trust in God, that God's going to meet this uh, this other person in a powerful way, and hopefully the the glory of God will, <laughs> and, you know, they'll encounter the glory of God in their life. That that requires faith. It's a lot easier to um, not see the importance of faith if there's nothing challenging your faith. If you're yep. sitting safe and comfortable in a in a church service every week and nothing else, um, so. Yeah, just have some experience that it puts into to action the reality that you need faith. You need to trust in God. You need well, to lean upon Him uh, because that's what it's all about anyways. That's what it comes down to. Amen. Yeah, you, you know a little bit of my story. So when I was a youth pastor, one of the groups I started with was about 40 kids, and it grew to about 400. Yeah. Had a couple hundred young adults. And, you know, one of the things that we had seen develop that God did there was if I had a pizza party and we're going bowling, I'd have a good group of kids come up. If I if I said, hey, we're going to go into an inner city community and we're going to take the gospel and we're going to preach Jesus, I would have twice as many really? young people show up yeah. for that because there was such an environment of seeing like we want to see God change lives. And, so and you cool. know, I wouldn't advocate taking uh, somebody who's apathetic necessarily on a missions trip, but you can certainly start to put them in places, e- even if they go to an event like that and they're, you know, handing out a sandwich or, uh, you know, helping to meet a need. 
seeing the prayer, but seeing what God is doing. I think that in the church, we've been, we've become so comfortable within within our four walls, mm-hmm. and we need to see this working. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, and I think, work. too, having a long-term perspective for a student who's apathetic, because sometimes you just, you can't force somebody to be passionate about God. And that's where, you know, being patient with a student um, really really you get to see results. I mean, sometimes they go away from church and then they come back and say, you know, you were right. I've had students where I'd be preaching my heart out (laughs) and it's just nothing, you know, it's like the lights weren't on. But later they come back maybe three or four years later and say, hey, Evan, that time when you spoke about the peace of Christ, (laughs) I recommitted my life to Christ. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me then? I would have liked to know, you know, I was laboring hard and trying to get you passionate. And, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't mention anything then, but you never know the the results that might be yielded long-term. So don't get discouraged is what I'm saying. If somebody doesn't seem like they're there yet, just prayerfully keep at it with them. And, and, you know, God will work in their lives. It just sometimes takes time. That is awesome. Evan, I love, I love working with you. Love hanging out with you. This has been a great conversation. I hope that if you're watching today that you've really been able to garner some things. And listen, in the future, I'm going to have Evan come back. So this isn't just a one or two time discussion. We're, we're going to come back. It's going to be a journey. But I would really yeah. encourage you, pastor and leader, uh, man, engage, engage this generation. Don't be satisfied with just having the, you know, the, the, you know, the holy, you know, group of people that's been in church all their life. We have to step out of the world that we, that we, you know, uh, step out into the world that we live in and engage this culture with the power of the gospel. If we believe it, don't just believe it for Sunday and Wednesday. We believe it every day and it becomes a part of our life. That is the kind of church, that is the kind of ministry that's really going to make a difference. And listen, if there's, you know, what, 100,000 churches across America, we all start doing this. We all start living this way unashamed. We're not going to compromise the truth of God's word. No, we're going to preach it in power and see God move and awaken a generation that's mm-hmm. how it's going to happen. Amen. So g- give me a quick thing. Uh, t- tell us where they can go to get some information from you to further, you know, maybe some of your apologetics work. What are some things that they can follow up with if somebody's watching today and they want to know more? Yeah. Thanks, John. Uh, worldchallenge.org sl- uh, forward slash faith answers. I have articles there. I have um, uh, videos there that I've gone over, uh, a lot of different apologetic topics and a lot of different questions that kids have asked me over the years. And then uh, on my Instagram, just Evan Wilkerson underscore, you'll be able to find me there. Uh, Again, a lot of apologetic videos, but they're shorter videos, one to two minute videos. But just to give you something to think about or um, put on the map things that students are challenged with. Praise God. Hey, listen, thanks for tuning in today. This is Leader to Leader with Pastor John Bailey, and we're, we've are we been talking today and last week about encountering a woke generation with the truth of God's Word, and uh, we are believing for an awakening in our generation. So if this has been helpful, share it, like it, uh, send it on to somebody that's a friend, and I believe you'll be blessed. Uh, prayerfully, they'll be blessed, and uh, let's see God move in the generation that we live in. God bless you, and have a great day. 